Sometimes, the best stories in golf aren't found on tour. You'll find them at the back of the range. And here's your host, Ben Adelberg. And once again, welcome to the back of the range. I am your host, Ben Adelberg. This is episode 203. Well, I am back from the Palmetto Amateur in Aiken, South Carolina. What a fantastic week. So impressed with Brad Crane, Eric Bosch, the tournament chairman. They run that tournament to perfection. Such a special place. Thankful to get the call to come up and cover that incredible tournament. I will be returning in 2022, so can't wait for that. You know how I always say to follow the back of the range on Instagram? Well, make sure that you're following Palmetto Amateur on Instagram as well. After I left Aiken, I had to stop by Ocean Forest Golf Club in Sea Island to see John Wade. We discussed the 2022 Jones Cup. I'll be back there as well next year. So some very exciting things are coming to the Jones Cup. I cannot let the cat out of the bag just yet, but it's going to be incredible. So lots of work being done here behind the scenes at the back of the range. Keep following on social media. Keep emailing your questions. Stay engaged. So if you missed the previous episode with Todd White, go back, take a listen, and remember that the mojo is most definitely real. So Todd went out to Omaha to play in the U.S. Senior Open and, of course, makes the cut. So that's four rounds of golf. He finishes up on a Sunday, flies back to South Carolina for the U.S. Amateur Qualifier in Camden. From a very reliable source, I found out that he slept in the airport Sunday night Woke up in the morning on Monday, grabbed a shower at the club, and shot 68. And then followed it up the next day with a 69. Yes, Todd White is going to Oakmont to play in the U.S. Amateur. Unbelievable. Some other great stories from the U.S. Amateur qualifiers. You know, there's so many of them. Former guest and friend of the podcast, Steve Carter, uh, former president of the FSGA. He's returning to the U.S. Amateur. And then, of course, there's Sean Knapp, who lives right next to Oakmont, a former U.S. senior amateur champion with, gosh, it's got to be in the high 50s, 57 USGA appearances by now. I can't keep track. Neither can anyone else. But he's back. He is not going to be a spectator at the USAM. He will be in the field. Many more of these stories will be showcased as we lead into the U.S. amateur at Oakmont next month. As quickly as I got back from my road trip to Merido and the Palmetto, I'm about to head out again for an even longer road trip, hitting four of the biggest amateur tournaments of the summer. First on my list of travels would be the U.S. Junior Amateur, held at the Country Club of North Carolina at Pinehurst. Believe it or not, this will be my first trip to Pinehurst. So very excited about that and also my first U.S. Junior. I'm sure I'll see several players that I know from other events like the USAM and the Jones Cup, but truthfully, I wouldn't consider myself a junior golf insider. Thankfully, I know a guy that is, and he is my guest this week at the back of the range. Ryan Fraser started his own company called Agora Golf. Before I try to explain it to you, I'm just going to let Ryan handle that later in the episode. But what I can tell you is this. Ryan is a trusted resource for college golf coaches, and he also helps juniors and parents navigate the complicated waters of junior golf. So during this episode, we spoke about how he started Agora. He dropped some awesome information that everyone involved with junior golf should take to heart. 
And then finally, we spoke about a handful of the favorites that should be contending at the end of the U.S. Junior Amateur. The stroke play sessions have already started at Pinehurst, so let's get this episode started. Ryan, you're at the back of the range. How are you? I'm doing great, Ben. Thanks for having me. You got it, man. We are uh, we are just days away from the U.S. Junior Amateur, and um, thought it'd be good to have you on the podcast to to talk a little bit of junior golf. This is definitely your area of expertise. I am a guest in your kitchen, so to speak, even though you're on my podcast. But uh, you right. and I, you and I have bumped into several tur- bumped into each other at several tournaments uh, over the last year or two. Thought it would be good to uh, introduce you to my listeners, since a lot of them are passionate about, uh, you know, obviously amateur golf and junior golf. So um, let's kind of let's kind of jump right in and talk a little bit about <laughs> Agora Golf, which is your company, and I love the story of how this actually came to pass. So um, before we talk about Agora, give me a little bit of background about how you actually got interested in the game of golf. Well, I, I don't have like a playing background per se. Just make, uh, make something you know. up. Just make something up. Like, you know, fourth sure. place in the you know, in the Honolulu Open or something. I don't care. Make it up. It's fine. Sure. Hey, well, I, I grew up in, in, in Roswell, Georgia. You know, my parents, you know, we lived in a country club. It was it was pretty nice. Swim team, tennis. And about two weeks a year, we play golf right before the LPGA's uh, Michelob or what was it called the Michelob the Lady Michelob was okay. our LPGA event so everyone in the neighborhood would get into golf for a couple of weeks a year um this was back before they had you know good kid clubs so uh I was terrible but you know I enjoyed it it was, it was a lot of fun you know and I continued just to kind of play recreationally throughout college in my uh adult life here no all right that sounds good so so <laughs> you're you're kind of a casual golfer but right. um and then but you have this transition from a pretty, I guess, pretty standard, uh, you know, professional life to now you're chasing some of the best juniors and amateurs all over the country. And I still, (laughs) I'm not smart enough to really understand what it is you do and how you do it uh, because it's a lot of numbers and it's a lot of statistics and models and algorithms and, you're going to need to explain it to me again, even though I know you've already done this in the past. Explain it to me so that my listeners can get a better idea of what it is Agora Golf is. That is a great question. I get it all the time. <laughs> I still, I still kind of really don't know what I'm doing. Okay, uh, it's it's been eight years. Um, I'm, I'm I've kind of got it to where, you know, I'm I'm, I'm making a living at it, a better living at it. Uh, but we're, we're, you know, it's a slow process. So I, I got involved with uh with junior golf through um, a, a passion with college golf. Uh, my alma mater was playing out in Colorado. I was living out in Denver, um, and they were playing in the Colorado regional out there, and I met the coaches and, and players, and a lot of those players are now household names on, on the PGA Tour, and they were just super nice guys. Um, so I kind of became just a fan of you know of my, my school's, my college team um, and, and, and their, is, their players. And this is University of Georgia? This is the Bulldogs. Oh, this is the University of Georgia. Gotcha. So it was Coach Hack and Coach Douglas, and that team had Russell Hanley and Harris English and Hudson Swafford. Uh, T.J. Mitchell was a freshman, and um, oh, Brian McPherson, uh, who they called Google because he thought he knew everything. Uh, he was their actually, I think he was probably their fourth guy. Okay. But actually, I think he might have he might have won the regional out there in Colorado or finished third, something like that. But they were super terrific guys. 
you know, kind of got to get to know them a little bit. You know, the next couple of years, I, I uh, you know, was just a, a fan um, um, with them. And I would, I would fly back to Athens each year for the, they were hosting a, a, a corn fairy event. Um, and I, I would volunteer, you know, for the week and, and just kind of hang out and, and, you know, whatever, do whatever the, the corn fairy people wanted me to do sure. as a volunteer. I think I was, I was in scoring. But anyways, uh, during a rain delay of the last one, um, I was just talking with Coach Hack and Coach Douglas about things, and they were kind of we, we kind of were talking about how I, I got involved, how they met me. Really, was through a, a college football message board uh, called Rivals, Rivals Twenty Four Seven Sports. All sure. those kind of things are all the same. So we were kind of talking, and I was like, you know, maybe maybe college golf needs something like that, you know, and, and junior golf. Because uh, so, I had no idea what junior golf was about. So, but that's how that's how. The, the thought of kind of doing what the way rivals cover college football and basketball. That was what my original intent was when I got involved. But like I said, I had no idea what junior golf was about. Um, I, I signed up for, for us junior credentials out, out in Truckee in 2013 uh, and went out there. That was my first event. Scotty Scheffler beat Davis Riley in the finals. And um, that was the beginning of my education on junior golf, college golf recruiting, and how players eventually make it out onto tour. So it's been a very interesting ride in the uh, last eight years. It sounds like it. So when you talk about creating something similar to Rivals uh, 24-7, talk to me a little bit more about what that is. What have you created as as a service and a value uh, that really provides this invaluable information to whether it's parents of juniors or college coaches, what, what is it that you're providing? Sure. Uh, I've come nowhere close to, to that goal. Um, but what I, what I, as I went out and I started going to probably about 40, probably about 40 tournaments a year, Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe more. I mean, it was, it was kind of ridiculous. Um, I, I definitely went through, uh, I, I was a software, by the way, I was, I, I was in a cubicle. I was a software developer by trade. Okay. Uh, and, and I was doing that part-time for a few years, uh, supporting my habit of going to junior golf events. You're and starting That's to, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and starting to learn the whole process. So, you know, I, I, as I started doing more and more homework, it took me a couple of years to kind of figure out what, you know, to, how to prepare myself for a tournament with, you know, knowing the kids in the field and if they're committed or not. Uh, and, and the ranking information. So I started making these lists with all that information. And with my computer background, it was pretty quick and easy for me. And I realized these college coaches, they started looking at my list and they, they liked it. And I was like, Oh, I bet, I bet I can sell this to them. And I was like, you know, here's how I could finally make some money doing this. Right. Uh, so, so, so that's what I provide the coaches currently with is just, just they're, they're it's stuff that takes them hours to do a prep work. I can do much quicker and I provided for about 400 tournaments a year on the guys' side, another 400 on the girls' side. So I have both men's co- college coaches and women's college coaches um, are clients of mine, where, where I just basically do that very basic homework, but it saves them so much time. They're very appreciative, and and it's it's just been it's been a it's been a great time. I mean, I, I love what I do. Incredible that you're just basically aggregating that much data in for that many kids, that many tournaments, and then obviously both you know on the boys and girls side. So, 
you know, if you can briefly, let's just assume I'm calling you from, uh, you know, the back of the range university, and I'm looking to find some some kids for my for my golf team, and I pull up your list, I become one of your clients, and what kind of information am I going to get, you know, on on you know on Johnny Golfer, uh, you know, one of the up and coming. Uh, juniors and no nobody really knows much about him but you do so what's maybe some of the information that i would be able to obtain from you uh, all the coaches really will see is, is their hometown graduation years their world amateur golf ranking if they have one their junior golf scoreboard ranking their class ranking uh their rolex ajga ranking their class ranking and their golf week ranking their class ranking okay um the benefit, though, of, of knowing me, and, and, and so because I go to so many tur- tournaments, you know, I'm just, I'm another set of eyes and ears out there. So I can overhear, you know, I talk to parents all the time, but, you know, like I might know that a kid from out west is really looking to head east. Gotcha. Um, you know, they really, they really want to play in the southeast because normally a coach in the southeast might not look at a kid out west because there's so many states that they know they have to recruit against. Um, so, you know, they're, they're probably not going to waste a lot of time, but I'll be like, no, this kid really has interest. You know, so I, I'm more word of mouth. Um, okay. a mid- I, I don't want to say a middleman cause I don't get paid for that portion. Like I'm just there to help. Right. If I can let a parent know some information I do, if I can let a coach know some information I do, um, I try to get to know the kids as best as I can because, you know, coaches more so than just the rankings, you know, the, the rankings are a place to start, you know, it's, it's something to look at. But coaches really want to know, you know, who who is this kid that I, I potentially want to recruit? You know, is he a good kid? Does he treat his parents well? Does he thank the volunteers? Um, how is he with the other competitors? Does he have friends? You know, you know, are, are is he well liked out there? Because it's 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 players that they're going to be spending four years in a van with, and so they want they want good good kids from good families. You know, gotcha. That, so you're basically, you know, sure these are stats, and you know. You know, with the way technology is right now, a college coach can pretty much get on any website and and determine, um, you know, they can determine what finishes and their rankings, and you provide that as well. But they don't have someone boots on the ground that may, you know, maybe see that a, that a kid uh, is is out there working three hours on his putting after he shoots seventy five, or shows up late to a tournament and you know looks all disheveled, and you could tell that maybe he isn't or she isn't as serious about this. So you see the little things that don't show Absolutely. up, don't show up on a website or a wagger or, or anything. Exactly. And, and that's why the um, coaches spend their whole summer following these kids around for right. that purpose. So I'm just, I'm just kind of another person out there, you know, there's that, that, that can do that. And, and, you know, I just pass and I try to pass on the same information to each coach I see that, you know, might have interest in that, that potential player. Right. Um, cause you know, I don't, you know, ultimately it's, it's, you know, the kids have got to go, they got to make visits, they got to ask the right questions and it's a hard decision whether you've got, you know, 20 schools after you, or if you're just only have two or three offers, if, you know, maybe you only even have one offer, you know, it's, it's the recruiting game is very difficult. Um, and, and especially here during this, this COVID pandemic, oh, yeah. um, uh, that, that really is, as, as changed the world even more, it's, it's very difficult. Well, uh, spots are at a premium. Yeah, and I bet these I bet these coaches are actually thrilled that they can go to the U.S. Junior this year, and and actually uh, go see some players. 
Absolutely. When June, they got they got out of as I like to call it COVID jail on June first, <laughs> and they have been they have been everywhere all summer long. They're they, you know both them their assistant coaches. They're they're just loving it. They're, you know they love evaluating these kids. Um, you know the rumors are back out there of of all kinds of rumors are out there. It's an exciting world if you uh, if you like golf and and drama. Well, no, okay, so you're talking about rumors, and I, I want to get into kind of what you've seen around the recruiting process because, um, there, like you said, rumors, there's misconceptions, there's things that the juniors think that they should be doing because they think that matters to a college coach, and then if you want to throw in parents to the mix, which, uh, you know, yeah. obviously yep. there are some fantastic golf parents out there, and then there's some that – Shall we say there's room for improvement? Is that a is that a very generous uh, statement right there? Definitely, and and I and I don't know if the you know, I feel like all these kids that play competitive junior golf, and I I, I go to you know the Invitationals, I go to a lot of the, the American Junior Golf Association runs the big tour. I mean, everyone kind of wants to matriculate to there because they know that's where the college coaches go, right. which is true, and it, it's a super tour. Um, but you know, everyone feels like that's, that's the route to get to. And they feel like once they make it there, they can just shoot low scores and get noticed. But, but the coaches are looking more than just your scores. You know, they're, you know, if they're looking at a small little, you know, kid who hasn't hit his growth spurt yet, you know, they're, they're sizing up the parent to see like, okay, it looks like he's got some room to grow. Um, and, and again, they're, they're looking hard at that, at the parent child relationship, you know, because you know, if kids are just always looking up at their parent after every shot for that, you know, approval or disapproval. Right, right. You know, that's that's kind of a red flag. If they're yelling at each other, that's a red flag. <laughs> um, you know, the the best thing that parents can do, in my opinion, is you know, give your hug kid a, a nice hug at the start of the round, wish them luck, and then go for a caddy and just, you know, be, you know, be a positive influence, remind them to eat or drink, you know, right. that kind of stuff. But don't 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 over parent so much. You know, you don't have to put the a push cart together, you know, make the kid do some of the stuff so that the coach knows like your kid's going to be able to do that stuff on, on when he gets to campus. Otherwise, you know, like the coach doesn't really want to put together five push right, carts and right. now make that, lunches for every kid. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're, they're probably looking for kids that, you know, obviously there's going to be things with their, their game that, you know, course management and maybe, uh, you know, uh, tournament prep different things like that but i'm guessing they want they want kids that know how to you know cook for themselves and do their own laundry and figure out how to iron shirt and not show up looking you know, with everything needs to be done for them absolutely that that is a uh, and, there's, and there's a big difference i'm told between the from the women's coaches and the men's coaches on 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 the preparedness of of players uh, oh, really? the girls do a much better job oh yeah of course the girls are the girls know how to do things, you know, they're, they're going to be on time and, you know, have the proper outfits and shoes or whatever, the, whatever the team has decided they're, they're taking on a trip. You know, the girls are much better prepared. There's a lot of guys that show up, uh, with, with the wrong, all, all, everything wrong. Nice. <laughs> and it makes for some fun stories. Yeah. I, hear from I, I, yeah. I think I was at, I, yeah, I was at national. Well, of course I was at national. I saw you there, you know, I was yeah. there. So I was at nationals and yeah. I can't, I can't remember the player's name. And when I say I can't remember the player's name, I absolutely can remember the player's name and I know exactly <laughs> which, which I'm not going to mention, but, but he showed up on, uh, uh, he showed up on that first tee and, uh, his shirt was not ironed and his, and right. just, just looked, you know, 
I mean, it's a it's a little thing, but it's also a very telling thing where, you know, you, you, hey, you got to dress the part. You have to, you know, dress uh, for the role yeah. you're trying to, to achieve. And, yeah, you just yep. kind of look like you rolled out of bed and like, oh, we're playing golf today? Cool, I'll play. <laughs> Yep. Yep. And, and you know, if, if you, if you can shoot some really low scores, coaches, coaches will put up with that. They're, they're okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you gotta be able to put, put some low numbers on the scorecard. Yeah. But then you hang a 76 and they'll find anything that you did wrong. And if you just looked like shit, then that's, that's not a good thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, so we just talked a little bit about, you know, what these, uh, you know, what's important to coaches, um, uh, being self-reliant, a good family, um, you know, good family relationship and, you know, just coming from a good family. Um, you know, what are some of these conversations that you have with parents? Um, not so much about what you say, but some of the things that they say to you that they think are so important that they are focusing on that you say, Hey, let me, let's, let's pump the brakes here. Let me kind of, you know, I've been doing this for a while. Let me, let me help you out. What's kind of a, maybe a couple topics that you've had to, you know, address to kind of, you know, switch a, a parent's mindset around. Sure. Yeah. I, you know, there, there's, again, I, cause I think the level of golf I watch, it, it's mainly players that, you know, they, they, they think they want to definitely be a professional golfer, which is great. I think they should all try it. You know, I'm always like, you know, you can spend your whole twenties chasing it. You know, I, I think there's plenty of times after your twenties to make some money. Um, so I mean, I'm, I'm all, I mean, you can go for it. If it doesn't work out, you can be a podcaster or you can be a software developer, right? A hundred percent. You can do those things. It's always there for you. Yep. Absolutely. Especially. Yeah. Learn to code. I mean, it's not that hard. Oh, if I can do it, it anyone can do it. it. It's, it's not it. hard. <laughs> but, but I, I do feel that, that, um, the, you know, the parents or the players, they, they kind of focus on the wrong things in junior golf as far as, you know, they get really caught up again in chasing those AJGA performance stars. So they can get on that tour and then they, and they really chase their rankings. And then after they, they've kind of gone up the AJGA rankings, some then they find out about the world amateur golf rankings and they're like, Oh, that's how I get into these big amateur events. And they're always in a rush. And I feel like they're always like, you know, it's, it's, I don't know if it's as much now, um, I think that that PGA Tour used changing things on, on the college golf scene, but a lot of a lot of people I feel are thinking like they're going to go to college for one or two years and then turn pro. Right, and that that, that formula really doesn't work, um, especially on the men's side. You know, guys, we just don't develop as quickly as girls. Girls mature quicker. They they are more ready for the pressures of pro golf and and the, that travel lifestyle and just everything that involves. Where, where guys, I do feel. You know, four years of college is great. You're playing the best mini tour in, in golf um, on someone else's dime, hopefully, or, or you know, you're hopefully it's not costing your parents too much because very few kids are playing on a full scholarship. Right. That's a, that's another misconception, exactly. uh, especially yeah, on, on the men's side. I'm glad you I'm glad you brought that up. We're going to put a pin in that. I'm going to come back to that later. So I don't want to cut you off. You go ahead. Yeah, yeah. On the men's side, there's four and a half scholarships. So. Even these top kids, you know, uh, there was a kid's father um, this this earlier this year. He's like, "Hey, how many of these like top ten players do you think are on a full ride?" And I, I, you know, one or two, maybe. I mean, most coaches don't, you know, they just can't afford to be handing out large scholarships. There, there are some coaches that, you know, they they have a smaller lineup, and you know, they do pretty much give out four really big scholarships and then kind of divide the rest up into that little half scholarship that's left. Right. But, um, you know, 
most coaches are, are, are you know, you're, you're basically a half scholarship is, is, is a good offer um, from, from anywhere. Um, and I, so I think parents, they don't understand the, the scholarship, you know, the, the money portion of, of, of school. It's, it's still probably going to cost you some money. So, so maybe don't chase, chase your ranking and everything too much because school's going to cost some money most likely. Um, and, yeah. And the other thing too, that, that you're talking about here is it's almost like these kids like I see a lot of these junior golfers that it just doesn't look like they're having any fun. And there seems yeah. like all this pressure on, you know, I got to play well because it's going to affect my ranking and I got to get into this tournament. And, yeah, I, I see a lot of that. I'm sure you've seen, well, well you've definitely seen a they lot, do. lot more than I have. And you're missing out on this part of golf that should be so much fun. I mean, junior golf should be an absolute blast. I don't care what tournament you're playing in, but they're chasing these points. They're chasing status. And like you said, you're going to end up paying for college anyway. And the other thing that, that I have said many times on this podcast, you want to go someplace where you can play. And not uh, yeah. everyone is going to be in the starting five at Oklahoma State or Stanford or, you know, uh, you know Ohio yeah. State. Pick the school. Like, you can go to a D2 school and have the time of your life and play in every tournament. Absolutely. And, and you have other opportunities. If you're really dead set on going to Ohio State because you're from Ohio and you know, your whole family goes there, you can, you can go play on the club team. You know, if, if you're just if your golf game's really not at that level, if you should be pl- probably playing a D two or D three, go to that big school and, and look into the club golf. Like that's that's a great opportunity to still play competitive golf. Um, you know, you're you're not going to play professionally, but you know it, it's it's something that you're you're going to take off into the business world. And you know, every business seems like a, a good golfer. Right. So you know, th- there are other opportunities, and, and I think that that's that's another aspect. You know, parents. They get caught up, or and, and our players, you know, I shouldn't say, you know, it's every, everyone in junior golf. They just they look at that big school name. They think like, well, that's obviously better because it's the big school, right? And it's like, well, you know, you might need a different coaching style. You know, maybe that big school is great, but you know, that coach might provide you your son or daughter the absolute worst experience because your son or daughter needs, you know either more structure or less structure, you know, like just go play for the five, one of those five spots on a college golf team, or, you know, you need a lot more practicing, whatever it might be. Um, I, I think that they, you know, it's often just the name associated with the school uh, is getting a lot of players. And it's just like, well, that might not be the best option for you. And, and I think that's somewhere in, in the recruiting process, the parents don't get, uh, they don't ask the right questions maybe to figure out, what what a real week is like at you know a University of Texas? Yeah, versus, no, it's, a, versus. It's, a, it's a great point. I I you know, and then once yeah. the kid goes to that big school, and maybe the parents think that uh, you know maybe maybe the parents think that wow you know Johnny should be in the starting five, and they're no longer yeah. they're no longer in the loop as much as they were when he was playing his junior golf. And now he's playing at a Texas or Stanford or, or Oklahoma State or, or or any basically any D one school. You're if you're at any D one school, you're you, the people on that team are the best in that state for a lot of times. Yeah, I think once once you leave junior golf, you're you're for the rest of your golfing career, you're trying to take someone's job, whether yeah. it's in college, you're, you're you get one of those five spots, and then when you turn pro, you know you're. You know, which I, I don't think these young players realize too. You know, because they're all friends, they, and they grew up in a junior golf environment where everybody's friends. 
coast to coast, you know, again, the, the AGGA does a great job of bringing kids together all over really the world. Right. And they develop great friendships, which is really cool. And that is awesome. But from a competitiveness, you know, some of these kids might want to be a little bit tougher on the golf course, you know, you know, be friends, play ping pong after the round. But, you know, you're, you know, if, if you want to play professional golf, it's, it's a hard life and, and, and you're, it's someone's job, you know, you got to take someone's job and then you got to fight off the younger players to come after you for that job yeah. and the older guys. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's a different world than I think, um, you know, a lot of people envision when they just watch, you know, Saturday and Sunday, you know, from their couch, it's, it looks like a, it, and it, yeah, I'm sure it is a great life, but there's, there's some pressures to it that, you know, are not, are not seen that, um, well, you gotta, you gotta get to that part. I mean, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're talking during, uh, during open week and we're watching the best players in the world play Royal St. George's and it, everything looks you know, fantastic, but there's, you know, there's, there's guys that, you know, right now they miss the cut at the Barbasol names that everyone pretty much yeah. knows if you follow golf and they just missed a cut at a, you know, opposite field event and they're not getting paid this week. And, Right, exactly. Their third, fourth, fifth missed cut in a row, or perhaps they just you know barely got into this tournament as it is, and it could be their only PGA Tour stop of the year, and they just missed yeah. the cut, and they're wondering, yep. okay, how am I going to you know support my family? Um, yeah. that, that's all stuff down the line. But I, I'm curious, you know, we're talking about the PGA Tour, we're talking about these guys making it. You've been doing this for for seven, eight, nine years. Um, what's maybe the first interaction with a junior that you had that is now in the PGA tour that is, that's, you know, recognizable that you actually got to know throughout the junior golf process and throughout college golf. Give me a, let, drop yeah. a little, drop a little name for me. Sure. Uh, the, uh, the third tournament I ever went to was, uh, a, a, an AJGA, an AJGA event out in Oxnard, California which is west of LA. It's up the coast a little bit and, and a couple hours kind of north and west of LA. Um, and uh, during the practice round, I roll up on some kids, you know, I have no idea what really what I'm dealing And uh, it's, it's uh, anyways, there was, there was a freshman there playing named Matthew Wolf. Um, and he was very chatty. Um, he had the funky swing. He didn't have that start that he has now that he developed maybe a couple years after I met him. Okay. But Matthew Wolf was, you know, third term I go to, I, I meet Matthew Wolf and he's just this amazing kid. Like he's everything that I like in a, in a player. Cause he's really talkative. A lot of kids are very serious in the golf course and that's fine, but I like the talkers and he was a talker. He was very outgoing, you know, I mean, he was just a fabulous kid with a great golf swing. He won that event. Um, you know, I, I, I he was a kid that I, you know, I just put in my mental bag. I was like, wow, I, I think this kid's really good. I don't know for sure. Cause I really, again, I don't know what I'm doing, Right. but I'm like, I think, I'm pretty sure that kid's really good. <laughs> and, you know, and I, and I remember, I remember asking him, I was like, you know, what schools are you interested in? And again, like, you know, Alabama was coming off of back to back national championships or, or maybe they're about to win their second one that spring. But I, so, cause I, so I remember seeing an Alabama coach that summer, like, Hey, like in 2017, there's this kid, Matthew Wolf. He's going to be great. I think. And he's, you know, Coach Sewell was just like, okay, you know, and he got a couple good 17s, but, but Matthew went, went to Oklahoma State. Um, and, uh, he, I mean, he had a great junior career, but it, he, he did have a little bit of a slump, but he was still, he was in that AGG invitational circuit. So he was always playing the big events, but I mean, he'll tell you, you know, before the U.S. junior of his senior year, after his senior year, he, he really kind of struggled, but he ended up finishing second to Noah Goodwin. 
right. at the U.S. Junior. And from then on, I mean, he was just shot out of a cannon. You know, his freshman year, he won. He won maybe three times, maybe his freshman year, and he was freshman. He got the Mickelson Award as the freshman of the year. Sophomore year, he's you know gets the Player of the Year, all the Player of the Year honors. I mean, he was, and then he turns pro because I mean they threw a lot of money at him. You know, and and he wins what his third event out as a pro or sixth event. I I, I can't remember, but I mean you know, Matt Wolf, he'll go down as one of my all time favorites. I, I love the kid. I wish him well. Um, it's great seeing him have success. It's hard seeing him the last few months. You know, knowing that he's you know. I guess struggling a little with being happy, um, yeah. but that's again part of the pro life. Well, I, and exactly right. And I think it's a it's. I mean, I think cautionary tale is a little too strong of a term. Um, I mean, he he's going to be fine, but I think sure. it 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 further illustrates your point of, you know, junior golf. They're all friends. They're they're you know they're playing golf together. They're competing, and then they're playing ping pong and having fun together. And then he goes to Oklahoma State. Great environment there. They're all together. They're you know, spends two years and they're all working towards uh, uh, the goal of winning a national championship, with, which they do. And then all of a sudden, yep. all that basically he's trading all that camaraderie and friendship in for a very lonely professional life. Where all the I mean, the media may love him, but all those guys yep. out there they don't give a damn because because as you said, he's coming after their jobs. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, absolutely, and he's and he's he's taking them. Uh, he's, he's such a fabulous talent, um, and so yeah, you know, and yeah, I mean, he's still what he's twenty two. So I remember being twenty two, and I, I like to go hang out with, a lot more with my friends than I did going to work right. from nine to five. Yeah, exactly. Well, and, and his job has I, I can't even imagine or fathom all of the uh, requests of his time because he oh. is. I mean you know, probably the easiest thing that he could do is just go to the golf course and practice and work on his game and be left alone. But that probably, that, sure. that time, uh, I'm guessing, yeah. was diminished quite a bit. I, I would think so as well. But, yeah, you know, there's been a lot of players. I'm surprised how many guys already out on tour that I was like, oh, wow, I kind of watched either a lot of their junior career or, or their tail end because, again, I haven't been doing that long. But, you know, there's it's, it's just been crazy to, to think, you know. I mean, Norman Zhang was another kid in that 2017 class. Yeah. I met early and, and boom again, he went a half year early to Oregon gets freshman of the year, gets player of the year. You know, he gets a nice, you know, signing bonus coming out early and gets out there and, and, and is struggling and, and he's still struggling. And it's unbelievable to me. Cause I mean, he's the best ball striker I've seen in the junior golf world. I mean, he, his, his ball made a different sound. Wow. Um, you know, Eight years ago, or I guess I met him in 2014 at a little AJGA in, in uh, where was I? Uh, Bend, Oregon, or Sun River, I guess. Um, and he was just, you know, unbelievable talent and, and, and great kid. So, uh, again, but he's just, you know, he's 22, so he's he's still got plenty of time to get his game back and hopefully have some success again. But it's just crazy. Yeah, I, I'm I'm fascinated by it, uh, just seeing these these collegiate golfers because I'm I think I'm a little bit closer to the amateur side than the junior side. Uh, I'm starting sure. to attend more junior tournaments. Obviously, we're going to be at the uh, we're going to be at the U.S. U.S. Junior together uh, at CCNC at, in Pinehurst. And yeah. Um, but yeah, like people ask me a lot, like, well, well, which who are these kids? Do you think are going to make it? Like, you know, who do you think is the best that's destined for the PGA Tour? 
And I kind of give a, an answer that lot, not a lot of people like. They want me to give a name. And I just kind of say, yeah. look, they all can do it. They all, yeah. I mean, all these yeah. guys that I follow, all these guys that I see at the USAMs and the, and the, uh, you know, the Jones Cup and Merido and, and Paul Meadow, you know, all these players, they all can do it. But 100%. But they have to shoot the scores at the precisely right time to get up the chain and get starts. And and I don't know. And I'll tell you, I'm I'm really excited about the future of amateur golf because of what PGA Tour U brings to the table. I agree. Yeah, because I think that'll keep uh, players in school longer. I, and again, I, I just think it helps them develop. Um, it just helps them mature. And then they're just more prepared when they get out there. But I, I agree with you. I mean, it is very exciting. And you never know who's like, there's guys that I've saw in, in either junior golf or especially in college golf that you're like, that guy is definitely going to make it. He is an absolute stud. And then they get out as a pro and, and you know, they, they struggle greatly. And, and it's, you know, it's not just having the talent. It is really having a desire to work hard at it. And, you know, it, it, especially if, you, you know, if you're in your, you know, you're in your early twenties and you want to have these friendships, you know, you, you want to, you know, hang out with your buddies, but at the same time, you got to put the work in. And if, if, you know, for some guys it's, it's hard to put that work in um, and they struggle, but I, I think some of them, they do put the work in and they still struggle just because it's so hard. And there's so many great players out there just like at the junior level, there's so many kids any given week, you know, there's dozens of kids that could beat these kids that are going to the Cal's and the Stanford's and the Texas and the Bama's and Florida's and stuff like that. But you know, it's, it's hard to, it's, it's just a hard game. I mean, it really is. I, I, you know, week in, week out, it's just, you're going to have your ups and your downs. I, for junior golf, I feel like you should be more concerned about your developing your golf game. Because nothing really in junior golf matters. Winning a U.S. Junior that gets mentioned on TV on on Saturday and Sunday, maybe making a Junior Ryder Cup or a Junior Presidents Cup or a Junior Solheim Cup, those are the things that get mentioned. But if you're not winning a USGA event or get, being on one of those Team America teams, you know your junior golf does not matter. And just like your really your college golf almost doesn't get mentioned that much either, you know. You win a lot in college, you know, they, they'll tend to bring that up when you're a young player. But right. once you're out on tour, you got to start winning out on tour <laughs> to get talked about. Right. I mean, a good college career, good amateur career can definitely help you get exemptions and have some of the doors open for you. But as, right. as, as you said, it's not it's not a long term uh, you know, it, it doesn't exactly matter as much. It's a nice, uh, you know, uh, nice memories, nice experiences. Yeah. Obviously, getting to represent your country at any level, Junior Ryder Cup, President's Cup, Walker Cup, Walker Curtis, Cup, Curtis yeah. Cup, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So, Ryan, I, I want to make sure we, we highlight and kind of spotlight the, the upcoming U.S. Junior Amateur at the uh, Country Club of North Carolina at Pinehurst. Uh, as I yep. said previously, we're both going to be there. This is really your wheelhouse of junior golf, and and actually, I was, uh, I did a little post on Instagram, and I said, uh, you know, hey, you know, I'm I'm doing a long trip back from from Palmetto to South Florida. Ask me some questions, and you know, I got uh, some some random questions, but but one of them, and a lot of great questions, but one of them was, uh, you know, who are your your favorites for the U.S. Junior? And I was like, man, how do I nail that down? I mean, there's so many, you know, big names that are going to be playing, but I, I don't, I don't know how to nail that down. So, um, I'm going to turn it over to you. Have you do some of the heavy lifting for me? So, 
tell yeah. me about some of the players. Uh, you've given me a list. I'm going to have you kind of expand on them quite a bit. But let's let's start with one of the players where <laughs> has a big advantage because because CCNC is his home course. Talk to me about Jackson Van Paris. Jackson Van Paris, um, they call him JVP. He's heading to Vanderbilt this fall. He is, yeah, he, he's he's got to be the favorite just because it's his home course. He's an unbelievable scorer. Um, you know, people will ask me, you know, you know what, you know, they always ask me like, well, what makes that player good or that, you know, this player good and. And JVP, I can't pick anything, one specific thing, because he's, he's just good at everything. But his best thing is that he just puts low scores on the scorecards. It's really incredible. Um, he just finished, I think, second at the North South Am. So he's got, you know, he's, he's got great uh, match play experience. I mean, he is definitely going to be uh, a tough to beat. Um, unfortunately for him, though, I think he's, he has too many friends that he invites over. I mean, over the last couple of years, a lot of his buddies have. have have come to visit him and uh, play around. So he's not going to be the only one that has a, a lot of knowledge of the course, but he's definitely got the most knowledge for sure. JVP is definitely on the list of favorites. Uh, no, no denying that. But another name that at least I know, because, you know, I was at the Terracotta earlier this year doing some work and, uh, and, and this guy won it. And then he also just picked up a win at the Western junior. So two major tournaments. Uh, talk to me about Caleb Surratt. And, and actually, he just won a third big event because he just won this past week at uh, in Lexington, Kentucky. He won the the PGA Boys, so he'll be representing U.S. on the uh, Junior Ryder Cup this fall in Wisconsin. Nice. Uh, he's a 2022. He's going to Tennessee. He's a fabulous player, um, and and yeah, he's going to come in with a lot of confidence, riding high on those wins, and um, he's he's he'll be he'll definitely have a chance to prove himself this week and, and has a great opportunity to, to win. Caleb is definitely on that list. Talk to me about the Ford brothers, Maxwell, David, really. <laughs> I think, I think they want to beat each other more than they want to beat the field. I don't think that's any sort of a stretch. Uh, I, I, they are so competitive against each other, but uh, you know, da David, the lefty Maxwell, the righty talk to me about the Fords. The Fords are great. Um, I, I happen to live, you know, I, I've moved from Denver. I was, we talked earlier uh, to Athens, Georgia. Um, so I've got to know them. They're just north of Atlanta and Peachtree Corners. Um, when I first moved here, uh, Maxwell probably had a little bit better junior career going. David had the ridiculous year of 2020. Um, he won. It felt like everything. I mean, Kelly Chin got a couple wins in of the big invitationals, but David won everything else. And uh, David's still lefty, going to North Carolina. Um, he's had uh, some some injury issues. Uh, this fall or this spring that, you know, kept him out of a lot of events. Uh, so he's probably, he could be a little rusty, although he did just play the, the Wyndham Cup. Um, him and his brother were uh, part of Team East there, the AJGA's big Wyndham Cup thing. So uh, they're, they're going to be ready to go. And uh, Maxwell, the, the righty, going to Georgia. Um, he won the, they both won the invitation on Sedgefield. Uh, David won it last year. Right. Maxwell's brother won it this year. Um, so they're both, you know, they both have they have the resume uh, to do well, and um, oddly enough, though, this is the first time they've ever played a U.S. Junior. Um, they they never qualified when the U.S. Junior switched to eighteen hole holes from thirty six back in twenty seventeen. A, a lot of really good players, you know, have had problems getting through the qualifier because yeah. it's just so tough. Uh, so this is their first time making a, a U.S. Junior. They've now they both play the U.S. Am, so they they've got USGA uh, experience. They also played the four ball, so they're 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 ready to go. 
and because Maxwell's going to Georgia and and David's right. going to North Carolina, you obviously like Maxwell better than David. Oh, not necessarily. <laughs> well, but, but uh, I mean, I'm just uh, I'm just setting you up, man. I'm just messing with you. I know, I know. It's, it's okay, but I will say David's the bigger talker, and you know, yeah. I've, as I mentioned earlier, I, I like talkers. Uh, they're they're both great. I mean, you know, ultimately, it doesn't matter to me where these kids go. There's there, there are a lot of just great kids. You just I just want to see them do well, and and yeah. you know, it, it's it is fun. But yeah, I, I get a lot of I get a lot of uh, a lot of coaches ask me about my uh, alliance allegiances towards Georgia. And so yeah, of course I pull from that. That's got to be hard. <laughs> that's got to be hard too because you know these coaches are asking you what you think of these kids, and. I can tell that you just have a, a passion for junior golf and you want all of these, these kids to succeed no matter where they go. And, 100%. and the other thing too, is that look, if you see a kid and he's 15, 16, or she's 15 or 16, look, emotionally, they're going to have days where they're on tilt. They're going to shoot a bad score. They're going to three putt the last yep. hole. They're going to slam a putter and kick their bag because they're kids. They're 15 years old. Yeah. They may play, like like seasoned professionals but they're still kids and yep. you know you see those things and i mean i bet that's something you actually have to remind parents and kids and coaches like hey they're not just numbers on a scorecard these are kids they're not emotionally excuse me they're not you know they're not emotionally ready for all this yet uh, oh 100 and actually getting back to that recruiting process i mean coaches actually love especially when they when they when they they know that they kind of like a kid. Like, all right, this kid's high on our board. We're probably gonna offer him. They they want him. They want you to play bad in front of them because right. they they want to see how you react. Um, you know, because if you know if it's you know they understand a, a club toss or you know I mean, they, they don't like to see it, but you know we, everyone's kind of emotional and you know that means you care, so that's good. But you know if you're you know cursing out a rules official, that's that's going to be bad. Yeah. That's different. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you know, yeah. So they, they definitely want to see you struggle to see how, how you react and see what, you know, they could maybe help you with, um, you know, cause these coaches, you know, they, they, if you don't have a mental coach and a lot of these, you know, well, actually some of them do have mental coaches now, but you know, they'll make sure that, that, you know, you're talking to someone in the industry that, you know, helps with that kind of stuff. Cause that's, that's a big, a huge part of golf. I feel is just being able to control your emotions. Um, we were just talking about Caleb Surratt. I mean, he had a five-stroke lead with three holes to play at the PGA Junior last week, and uh, he ended up winning by two. But it was close, and not that he reacted poorly, but he he had some difficulties. I feel like closing it out. Like, I mean, right. we almost couldn't find his ball on eighteen. Like, it, 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 was, it was it was it was it was almost like a nightmare. It was it was it was touch and go. Yeah. Well, and I think that's a really. I, I mean, I'm I'm so glad we stumbled upon this point of coaches want to see these kids having bad days and how they react to it because that's got to be just a paralyzing feeling that a lot of these kids go through oh my god there's a coach here looking at me oh my god i'm I'm, there's like three coaches over there standing behind the green waiting for me to hit this shot and yeah you know uh, and i'm standing over a four footer and if i miss it maybe they're not going to want me to go to their school i mean all the all this crap that runs through their heads and, you know, and they put, yeah, they they put a lot of pressure on themselves. That that they, you know, the coaches are okay with you missing that four footer. You know, it's okay. It's, it's golf. They they've seen four footers missed all the time. Um. So yeah, it, it's it, and but the, they're also there. They want to see. They want to put a little pressure on you too to see how you react. And you know, kids. You know that when they first get around it, they might 
not respond well with on the scorecard, but as they get more used to it, you know, but, you know, sometimes then they're like, you know, yeah, I want a gallery of coaches. Like I want to impress them. Like I'm going to go, I'm going to hit some shots they've never seen. Right. Of course the coaches have seen it all, but of course they think that they're going to, they're going to prove like, wow, you're about to see something spectacular right here. And, you know, maybe they pull it off, maybe they don't. It's okay either way. One other name I want to uh, ask you about, uh, or actually, if you have any other names we should know about, I'll, I'll give you the floor. But talk to me about Gordon Sargent. Gordon Sargent, uh, another player heading to Vanderbilt this fall. Man, what, Vanderbilt's what is, be what is Lim- how did Limbaugh pull that off? He's just a great recruiter. He's, he's a great coach. I mean, kids want to go play for him. And it's a great school. I mean, yeah. it's, it's got a, and it's in the SEC. You know, it just means more in the SEC. So. Oh, here we go. There I <laughs> No, but uh, yeah, Van, I mean, him and Gator Todd are doing a great, fantastic job. Uh, yeah, so Gordon Sargent, um, he's probably the best player in junior golf not to win a junior golf major. Um, he's, he's won the Alabama Amateur a couple times. He's won some big events, but he's you know he hasn't really pulled off you know one of these AGG Invitationals yet, or, or a Western Junior or Bobby Chapman. He's come up, he's been runner up, I think two or three times now, uh, but. This he could break through right here before going to college. He's, he's the player I think coaches most feel is going to you know pop in this 2021 class. Like he's probably the freshman I think a lot of coaches would be betting on. Uh, so he's he's got an opportunity to uh, to uh, prove me wrong with with the well the best player without he's, he's got an opportunity to get rid of the best player without a, a major. Got it. Got it. <laughs> got it. He's fantastic, but. There are a lot of more names. I, I think I would be doing a disservice if I didn't just touch briefly on guys like Nick Dunlap's had a great summer. Um, he's going to Alabama in 22. He's, he's a fabulous player. Uh, he just tied for second at the PGA Junior. So did Ben James, uh, another 22, going to Virginia. He'd have a chance. Kelly Chin's another Virginia player, but he's going to go to Duke this fall. He's definitely a player. Um, did we talk about Luke Potter? Oh my gosh! How did we not talk? We got yeah. We can't have that happen. I mean, Luke Potter. Yeah. Is, I mean, for the first winner of the Merido Amateur. Um, yep. I mean, we got to talk about we got to talk about Luke. Yeah, Luke. Fifty-four holes the Merido Amateur was last year of, of stroke play, cutting down the sixty-four players. Uh, all the top college players are there because it's the Walker Cup year, and uh, him and Preston Summerhays, the defending U.S. Junior Champion. Yeah. Uh, who's who's going to be two days too old to uh, to play this year? But yeah, the two of them in the finals last year, the Merido Amateur was exciting, and Luke came out on top. And so we know he's got the match play uh, chops to, to, to win this thing, and, and he's, he's got to be another big-time favorite. Um, the one thing I, I do wonder, he's, he's played a lot of amateur events. Um, in fact, I, he doesn't play many junior events. I don't know if he's played a junior event yet this year. And uh, sometimes when kids go on to the amateur world when they come back to a junior event, even something as prestigious as the U S junior, they have a hard time finding that gear of, of c- competition again. Cause they, they feel like they've kind of moved on. Right, right. But Luke, I don't know if Luke's that player. Cause Luke, Luke hates second place. He only plays to win. So yeah. I look for him to have a, have a great week in, uh, in North Carolina this, this week. Yeah, I would not be surprised to see him uh, play really well. You're you're 100 right. The the limited time that I've been around him, he is uh, he's all business. He is just uh, he is yeah. Unless he is. unless he he relaxes with a Shirley Temple, which is his drink, and I have to, Shirley Temple. I got to throw that in there. Yeah. So um, sure, yeah. <laughs> well, Ryan, um, gosh, 
great information on just, I mean, tons of great information on the entire landscape of junior golf. I know that people listening that have, uh, you know, have a son or daughter that are heading that direction would find a lot of value in this. And uh, I think they should follow you moving forward. So uh, let's let's plug your company, where they can find you. Uh, I know you're big on Twitter. So where can people find Agora Golf online? First, thank you, Ben. This was a pleasure to talk to you today. Um, yeah, uh, Twitter's where I'm most active. Um, it's just at Agora Golf, which is also my, my Instagram name, but I rarely post over there. I'm trying to post more. Uh, I'll figure it out one of these days and I'll, I'll post more over there. Um, I do have a coach's product at agoragolf.com and, uh, hopefully I've, I've been saying this though for a couple months now. I, I do want to offer a product to parents. Uh, I want to keep it reasonable. I, I'm not a recruiting service, but I feel like in the eight years I've learned a ton of information and I want to share that probably in just some blog posts. Um, but and also have, you know, I think some, some ideas on, on your, uh, playing calendar uh you know what what are the big events that coaches go to you know is, is you know do you have to play the agga certainly not if it's not really viable for your area of the country although the agga is all over the country they're playing seven tournaments a week here during the summers it's pretty crazy but there are a lot of great junior tours out there you know in north carolina or yeah well and yeah in the carolinas you have the carolina golf association south carolina golf association they put on great t- events Florida's got the Florida Junior Tour. Texas has the Legends Tour and the Texas Junior Tour. There's the Junior Golf uh, um, Tour out in uh, Arizona. I'm blanking on their name right now. The Toyota Tour Cup out in Texas. Uh, Junior Tour of North Car- Northern, Northern California. Uh, and here in the Southeast, there's the SJGT, the Southeast Junior Golf Tour, which Davis uh, Thompson's dad runs. Uh, he's, you know, he came in second there on the PGA Tour U. Uh, so that, you know, obviously that tour didn't hurt his development. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's there a lot of playing opportunities out there on the girls' side. There's the, the, the Pay Kirk Bell Junior Golf Tour. Um, you know, so, you know, coaches will find you at these smaller events, all your state, all your USGA events that you can go qualify for, go play all that kind of stuff. Um, I'll, I'll have that kind of information on, on my site for parents. Hopefully I'll have it up. I'll, I'll just go ahead and give myself more time and say I'll have it up by this fall. If I have it out sooner at agoragolf.com, I'll let you know all my tweets. So thank you, Ben. Well, I will uh, I will be seeing you in a couple days uh, in North Carolina, so safe travels there. And, um, yeah, looking forward to, to watching this U.S. Junior, and uh, I'm sure I'll see you at many, many tournaments down the road. But for now, Ryan, appreciate it. Thanks for stopping by the back of the range. Thank you, Ben. It was a pleasure. And there you have it. Special thanks to Ryan Fraser for joining me on this episode of The Back of the Range. Really looking forward to the U.S. Junior this week. Don't forget, follow along on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Every episode is available at thebackoftherange.com. And we'll see you next time here at The Back of the Range.